And good morning or afternoon or evening whenever you're listening to this. It's Melissa from the I Want My 40s Back podcast. It's great to be back. The sun is shining. I'm actually bringing the podcast on the road this week, broadcasting live, 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 live uh, from Dennisport, Massachusetts. And I'll be taking the uh, podcast on the road uh, in a few weeks also to the North Shore, or as we say in Massachusetts, the Nasha to start our new series called the Middle Age Roundtable, not to be missed. So, you know, I'm mobile. Would you like to have me over? I can broadcast from your living room or your kitchen, provided you're making dinner. So, uh, this week we're talking about a few things. We're talking about when people hate your spouse and how that affects a group and or partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, plus one. We're talking about uh, just a couple notes on Pride Month. I'm not gonna pretend that I'm an expert, on all of these issues, but you know, I have to have one judgmental thing to say each week and that's where I'm putting it. And then the hate list, 100% sourced this week from you, my listeners, keep them coming. Not only are they fantastic, it's something that we all feel. It's not personal, like I hate fat thighs, no one is saying that, but we all feel these things. And so in the world of perfection where everyone must love everyone, everything is okay, this is the place that you can let your steam out, kids. Send it over to me. And I can tell you, like, I think the most, if I had a stack rank, the responses so far, it's Disney and Disney fanatics. That is really ranking high. So the whole thing about when someone hates your partner came up, as I mentioned in the um, on my Instagram post, is I was listening to a couple in front of me strategize how they were going to um, not invite a couple to an event that was coming up. And it was like point, counterpoint, point, counterpoint. And it made me think about like, we all have this couple, this one person uh, in our social circles or circle to some extent. And I think for the most part, we tolerate it because we love the person that, you know, that is in your group. So say it was my bestie and her husband's an ass. You know, we tolerate it because she adds so much to the story. And it's funny, someone said to me recently, and this is from when I was married, we found out another couple had gotten divorced. And he said to me, well, you know, she was the reason, you know, we wanted to be around them, which which is hilarious, too. Like, it is true. In, in a divorce, um, it is often the one person that you meet. I'm sure people feel that about my ex because he was the, I'm funny, but he's funny. So I'm sure people were like, oh, he was so funny and not as judgy as her. Yeah, well, that's who I am. Anyway, um, so I asked people if they personally had stories. I did my own exhaustive research of three people. And this is what came back in terms of why people want to avoid a spouse or a partner in group events. Because they can blow off the one-on-one, but in the groups it's, it's harder. So one is the loud talker or the loud laugher. We know these people. We live with them. I know a loud laugher it's deafening and the person does it 100% for attention. Restaurants have turned around and looked at this person. People have said like, oh, that laugh. And this person wears it as a badge of honor. And yet we were in a situation where she was surrounded by people of authority in her work life. And imagine was able to keep it under control. So we can't control people's needs to, um, have attention. I think one of the things on the hate list will address this too, is that I think sometimes we're so starved for a certain amount of attention. And since we, you know, obviously 
perhaps don't participate in therapy or ask for honest feedback, we continue with the bad behavior. And at least from my perspective, I avoid this person at all costs. It's easy to do. We live in different states, but I avoid it. And when I'm around them, I, I run away as fast as possible. So that was one of the reasons. The other reasons um, are people that tell stories over and over again. This is one of my pet peeves. I didn't ask myself. <laughs> Someone else. Yeah. Self, what do you think? I think long stories. How, how do we control this? And the spouses know. Like, I have a friend that will tell the never-ending story. And, and the spouse will just sit there and laugh and say, oh, that's just so-and-so. But it's almost like verbal littering to me. Let me pollute everyone around me because I don't have the chutzpah to say, this is terrible and boring. We just let it go on. And that was the consistent thing through my exhaustive research of three people is that everyone was afraid to say anything because it would cause a problem. And I think it's the way that we say it and how we approach it that causes the problem versus the behavior. So we'll get to that in a minute. Um, my personal one, when I surveyed myself, hey, Mosa, what do you think? Thanks so much for asking. Is when you're with a bunch of people, when no one asks you anything, any question, whether it be like, how are the kids or how is work? You know, what did you do last weekend? By nature, I am curious. I'm going to ask you, for those of you that know me, I'm going to ask you a million questions. I am nosy probably, but I am super curious in your lives. If you're my friend, I want to know the details. But there are people, that's my pet peeve, where you're in a group and the persons or persons won't ask you a single thing. Now, I'm not asking anyone to say, well, so what are your deep, dark, emotional you know, secrets? But isn't it just common courtesy? What have you been up to lately? Taking any trips? It's a give and take. But that's my pet peeve. When people are just in groups to jump on their soapbox and just talk about themselves. What's going on in their lives, their stories that are often repeated and repeated. And you kind of know, right? Especially ladies. I feel like it's more the guys that do this. Do they know we've heard the same story? a hundred times about usually high school sports where they're so far away from anyway. It's, or do they not have anything to say? And so they have to go back to the original playbook. I don't know. It's just annoying. So that's my, that, my personal thing. And then the last one, which came up a couple of times too, is people that are cheap. So, and by cheap, I mean, I actually know a couple that was part of a group that dumped another couple uh, a few years back because every time they went out, the husband and the wife would order like lobster or tomahawk steaks in their own home would would never do that if they were paying for it or would drink wine or a beer but when they went out were ordering mixed drinks because their cost was going to be split amongst other people yet also within the same group um would never get around or if they had a big bill and they decided that day to have salads would ask to split the bill so those people should be avoided at all costs because it's just socially unacceptable. It's, you shouldn't go out. So if you don't have the money, don't go out because no one wants you there. So then you can just say, hey, Jim, you had six drinks and I had one, so I'm $1.45. I used to be in a book club and it broke up over this reason because every time we went out once a month, 
someone would show up just for dessert and then ask to, and would calculate it themselves with no tip. And everyone said, forget it. I don't want to do it. And so that was the easiest way. We weren't that close, right? So it's easy to disband a group. But that's a hard conversation to say, hey, um, we don't want you to go out because you're cheap. And when there is this couple, and it's usually one within the couple, if it's the whole couple, it's easy to say, oh, we're not going to invite them anymore. It's usually one person. Because people are afraid to tell you or hurt your feelings, you will notice that you are no longer invited to things that you used to be invited to. So say it was a 4th of July barbecue, excuse me, or a Halloween party, and you notice like you heard they had it, but you weren't invited, and you can justify it or rationalize in the head. Usually you're thinking it's you, not your obnoxious spouse. You probably would blame it on yourself. But approaching this subject and approaching these people is difficult because in your social circle, in your family, it's easy to do because there's so much trust and you'll say anything and families are used to fighting. But in your social circle, it's so personal. Um, If we say something, we don't want to offend someone. So if I say something because John, his husband is obnoxious, but then Joanne really likes John and she always thinks everything's perfect and Apollyon is going to get mad at me, it can backfire. So we don't say anything. But what we do do is talk about it constantly behind that person's back and strategize on ways to exclude them. So um, it's easier advice, it's easier to deal with it in the moment. So, you know, versus if someone's loud, which is again, such a huge pet peeve for so many of you, what you'll usually see happen is someone say, God, you're so loud. Or the next day say, oh, I could hear you down the street. You were so loud. The person receiving that indirect message, kind of a public humiliation, is going to be like, ha, 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 I know, because they think you're bringing it up because you think it's funny. They're not going to get the message. I mean, we do this out of frustration, right? We publicly humiliate people. Um, and it's one of the things that I mentioned, I think, on my one of my first hate lists is when people get so frustrated with their own spouse, and this is usually like 30 plus years of marriage, that they humiliate them in public. So it hurts. So they feel shamed into not saying anything. It's, we've all been through it, it's awful. Um, but being mean is easier, you know, because in a group, because you can laugh it off, ha ha ha, but it's not, it's not funny. So best advice on this one is to have a kind of sacrificial lamb in the group. Maybe there's someone new that is new to the group and you can kind of push them out there to have a conversation with the spouse but it really is about communication and how you approach it. So for example, versus saying John is so frigging loud, I can't stand to be a minute with him. Um, Say, hey, last night, did you notice that John was super mean to Joanne? And leave it open. What's going on? Is everything okay? Leave it open for the person to respond. If you are accusatory and just want to, you know, clear things up with your general comments, it's only going to isolate the person and the spouse, but coming in kind of with like, I'm going to concern question may be a way to deal with it. Same thing with a friend, pose it as a question. We are automatically as humans going to overreact to any type of feedback. And in this case, constructive criticism, we're going to overreact to it. And so we're going to say things like, well, you know, forget it. I'm not going, I'm not going to do it. But do you want it to change? And you really want the people to be there? Do you want to have events where 
the couple can come, you kind of need that sacrificial lamb to take the chance and, and say something. And if it doesn't work or the person's not open to it or says like, there's nothing I can do, I've tried, the end game of that is that you just don't get invited anymore, which is kind of a bummer. So it'd be great if we weren't all so sensitive. I would be sensitive. I, I know that I used to tell, and I know this because in hindsight, this is why I want my 40s back. So to my friends, I apologize. When my kids were little, I talked about them constantly. I know that. This and that and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And the way that I knew it is that people would come back to me when I would say, oh, you know, my son did X, Y, Z. They'd say, yeah, I know. Or, yeah, you told me this. And so that's a tell, polite, but that's a telltale sign, uh, sister. You need to zip your lips and maybe not bring so much of that detail. The flip side of it is too, is that at work, so this is, I was in my early 40s, maybe late 30s, and people that reported to me would use the information that I was clearly oversharing to manipulate me. Oh, Melissa, you're such a good mother. Um, did bl- your son blank blank have a good soccer game? Did so-and-so do this thing? And I'm thinking, you know, in hindsight, I said to my, I was thinking to myself, oh my God, I've offered up so much detail. And so they are obviously seeing me as someone that likes to yammer on, yammer on about my kids. And now they're using that information to suck up to me. <laughs> so bad. Not good. I still talk about my kids, I think, a lot. But I try to like rein it in a little bit because no one cares. I hate to say that. If you're friends, I love to get together with my high school friends or my main friends. And when we go to vacation on Maine, I love to go around. What is this one doing? This one doing? I love that stuff. No one cares about Dean's List, as we talked about last week. No one cares that your kid is dating someone whose parents have status. It's embarrassing. Don't talk about that. I love the updates from the kids, but you know, I, I learned my lesson. Um, and one of the things that if you don't change, you will be left out or I hate to say it, are you being left out now? So have you thought about that? Have you heard of goings on and you're thinking, you know, we weren't invited to that or we were usually invited to that or do people try to disengage from you immediately in a party? (laughs) I will do that. That's kind of my like new, I'm taking care of me situation. I will try not to sit next to the people that talk too long or talk too loud. And if you notice, do a little experiment this summer at your summer barbecues and parties. You'll notice the chair next to that person is generally empty. <laughs> Their spouse is on one side, but people are running um, away. Or just remove myself from the situation because I'm not that vested, right? If it's like a party of people I see twice a year, I don't care. I'm just going to remove myself. But if it's in our social group, you know, we like consistency. We don't want to rock the boat. So how do you? kind of develop a strategy to get through the twice a years, but more importantly, help out your friend that probably is struggling, that their boyfriend, spouse, partner is not the life of the party and they know it and they don't know how to get out of it because if they say anything, their their person is going to say, um, it's you, not me. Make it situational is the advice. Don't say, you've always done this. You always do this. Make it situational to one situation, just kind of as a softball and see what happens. Report back, kids. Let me know. As we get older, too, like our filters come off. So I think more of us are going to say, you're so friggin' loud. But that story has no point. But I think we can grow up. I think we can change. 
All right, gonna move over to Pride Week. And I'm gonna say out right at the beginning, I'm not an expert in this stuff. I am certainly an ally. And if you don't know what it's, if you don't know the definition of ally, I suggest you you look it up. And I'm gonna talk about Pride Month just for a minute. Um, this is my judgmental part of the program this week. And I'm gonna leave trans and transgender out of it because I don't know enough about it. I don't have enough information about it to even talk about it, so I'm gonna leave it out. But what I am gonna say is that as of yesterday, there are 491 anti-LGBTQ plus bills nationwide. To legislate out people's orientation, something that's kind of, that makes up who they are in their DNA, 491 bills to legislate out. There is a national state of emergency as it relates to these issues. So whether it's kind of book banning or education or the whole state of Florida, quite frankly, we are legislating out the people that are surround us as our friends, our children, our cousins, because of something that's part of their DNA, their makeup. Um, and we are rallying against who people choose to love. Allyship means you don't say, I have gay friends, as if you are just the, the, the Pope or Mother Teresa, I have a gay friend. N no one cares. How do you treat that friend? Do you use them as a Gucci bag? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, I was out last night with my gay friends. Okay. Um, like it's so magnanimous. It's the most magnanimous thing you did. And for those of you that wear your gay friends like a Gucci bag, little do you know that we all, it's kind of like saying like even from a race perspective, well, I have a green friend. Good for you. But the insinuation is that they, they are bad to begin with, but you being their friend is magnanimous. Um, one of my closest friends is gay and we don't talk about him being gay as a daily conversation because life is not all about sex. And some of you probably are saying, yes, it is, Melissa. But imagine a conversation that went like this. Hey, Melissa, how was your weekend? And I responded, well, you know, I'm hetero, right? We had crazy sex outside. That would never happen. Yet do we extend that same courtesy to people in our lives that are gay when we make everything about their life sexual and that's where i think the ignorance comes from and we need to stop it our friends are our friends their choice and their orientation their partners are their life and to pass bills and to rail against it and to say things like just kidding are completely unacceptable and so how do you be an ally especially in the over 40 group do not use excuses like, oh, that's just John. Oh, that's just the way he is. Oh, he didn't mean it. First of all, it, it kind of lends itself to you being a Neanderthal. Are you going to evolve or not evolve? Because the world is moving. You want to be left behind in your recliner, Archie Bunker? Stand up for discrimination. So when you, and I will do this. If you are in a group and you say things offensively, like he's such a you know what, or things that I hear are you're you know you're you're so gay or gay jokes 
amongst men when their kids are around, your kids are probably more open (laughs) than you are. Um, And you making gay jokes is just ignorant. And so as an ally, we cannot dismiss comments like that. We cannot sit around and for the sake, it kind of goes back to how do we get rid of the awful friend, right? For the sake of keeping the peace or not offending someone, we just can't sit around and say, it's just that person. It's just John. It's just the way he is. Oh, he didn't mean it. I hear that a lot. Oh, he didn't mean it. It's offensive to me and it should be offensive to you. And newsflash, not a newsflash for most of the girls, when guys are talking about this, it's because they are afraid. They are afraid, probably locked up emotionally too, to even have like, well, if I have a conversation about it, everyone's going to think I'm gay. You know, it's so Neanderthal. That's all I can think of. So be an ally this month and stop saying, oh, pride's a, you know, a monetary or a merchandising thing. Good for them. I hope it falls completely fuels HRC. I hope, you know, we get more parades. But it, it saddened me because I know a couple that weren't wasn't going to go to the Pride Parade this weekend because they feared for their safety. And that's us kids. Feared for their safety of being yelled at for who they are. So I apologize to my gay friends if I got any of my terminology wrong. Please let me know. I am completely open to feedback. But that is my that is my personal um, kind of comment on on Pride. And I, and I dare say this, for those of you whose children perhaps have never partnered um, in their lives and aren't open about dating or having a date or whatever, and this could be kids all the way up to people in their 40s, could it be that they may be gay or have feelings thinking that they may be and can't be themselves because you have had your strong stereotypical opinions wh- wagging around? Are you the problem? So, I don't know, food for thought. Finally, we're getting to the hate list. And this week's hate list is completely hosted by you, my listeners. So keep them coming. And usually they come in um, on Mondays after the podcast drops. And I'm telling you, the three people who are who have uh, contributed this week to the hate list, I thank you for the belly out, out loud laughs I had at these things. And so I'm going to share them. And if you're walking or you're on the treadmill or driving and if this applies to you, shout it out. You know I love the anonymous shout outs. I agree. I disagree. Okay. Mickey Mouse ears, number one. Adults wearing Mickey Mouse ears in the Magic Kingdom was number one at the list. And last week we had Disney fanatics. Now I will say this. I think it's kind of cute if you have little kids or little girls that are um, wearing them and you're wearing them too. I don't like the bridal parties with the veils, no, or people that have a whole set of them, perhaps. But it is, it can be fun if the kids are little. So, but that was, that was some, someone's, I'm not going to judge you. Thank you so much. Um, Number two, mirror selfies or single pictures of you on vacation standing in front of the ocean. So my agent came in with this one saying like, why are people taking mirror selfies? Or why are you going on vacation and running up to the ocean saying, take a picture of me and you know what they're doing? Take up. <laughs> Couldn't resist. Yeah, that was hers. We're aware. We're aware of what you're doing. Looks weird. Okay. Never ending stories. So we talked a little bit about this with the spouse, but 
as this uh, contributor said on planes, trains, and automobiles, I think it was Steve Martin that said, stories with no point, um, never ending stories with no point. Here's an idea. I have a point to your story. It makes it much more enjoyable to the listener. And I would agree. I We're in an inpatient world, right? If you're a scroller and you're always scrolling, we don't have time for these stories. And I'll always say, get to the point. And don't you love when someone is telling a long story and you have the, you know, balls to say, what's the point? And then they say, wait, I'm not done with the details. Dude, like I just signaled to you, this is the most boring story ever. Too many details. And you told me to wait. So I love this one. Absolutely. Number four, love it. Men that go by Jimmy, Bobby, Mikey. And this came out of a, uh, a commercial that's on in Boston for a personal injury law, uh, lawyer. And he's like, call Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, we're not calling you because your name's Jimmy. Like, why would I call you when you've said, call Jimmy? And talked about yourself in the third person a million times. But it is odd. We just had this conversation at work last week about why a professional man, unless you're Jimmy the Greek or Jimmy the casino dealer, you know, that type of thing. Why do people go by the childhood name? It just is, it, it, it kind of makes you look a little ignorant. I don't know. So good one. Thank you, listener who sent those all in. And then finally, uh, the birthday week. Completely agree. And this came from one of my under 25 listeners. So she knows what she's talking about. Why do we have to celebrate people's weeks? Why, why, why? It, it kind of goes back to mirror selfies, non-ending stories, and the birthday week. They're all tied by one thing. What is it? I'll give you a minute. Shut it out. Exactly. People's need for attention. I've said this over and over again. Remember vague booking? I loved vague booking on Facebook when everybody was on Facebook and people were vague booking and you'd be like, oh my God, did you see what Stacy posted? Get therapy. But um, this is what people are doing because they crave the attention. So I wish there was like a, a ring we could wear or a t-shirt or maybe a post on Instagram that would say, you say the word was like, you know, cheese. And that meant I'm, I'm needing attention. I need some love. Can you guys call me up? And none of us would have any judgment. But instead, we have these public declarations of birthday weeks. So 100% agree. Awesome list, kids. See, no one got hurt. No fat jokes. No personality jokes. It's awesome. We will uh, see you next week for uh, a podcast on how to plan your funeral. Sounds kind of morbid, but it really isn't. With some good memories of the year. And then the middle age uh, roundtable goes on the road. So have a great week, everybody.